This is Wednesday night Bible study here at the Pine Little Pentecost Wednesday Church on this March the 15th, 2022. See Director Reverend Mac Perry bring the message tonight, The Promise. Here's Brother Mac. As we continue uh, in the book of uh, Acts, I'd like to read first tonight and then uh, we'll uh, um, talk about a few things just in general about Acts again, just to give us some reminders and then I will... Uh, uh, teach uh, verses 2 through 7, what's on my heart. I do want to, as I read this, uh, one of the things I've developed in my study habit is to um, pick up on words that and concentrate and open my hearts on those words and what what does the Holy Spirit want me to know? And there's some key words that uh, I, for some reason uh, I just want to mention those tonight because it really... Um, emphasizes where I'll be speaking mostly tonight. So uh, I will let you know as I read through if it's a word that has touched my heart in the last week or so, and uh, hopefully to touch yours. So let's read um, verse 2. In fact, let's go back to verse 1. I will speak about that real uh, quickly. The former treatise, or the formal book that I have written, written or made, and this is Luke, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So he started uh, um, um, teaching and writing about Jesus and everything in the book of Luke. And then looking at verse 2. Until the day in which he was taking up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. Commandments was a key word. And unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And in verse 3 to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Two words there, but significant words. Infallible proofs. Being seen of them forty days, and speaking of these pertaining to the kingdom of God. And in verse 4, and being assembled to either with them, and then the word again, commanded, them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Key word again, wait. Caught my my heart and my the spirit talked to me a little bit, I believe, about waiting. And when I think about waiting, I think about patience, which I'll be honest with you, I, I have very little of patience. And I believe that's true for all of us in many ways. And we need to have more patience, especially when we're waiting on God. So I'll talk about that a little bit. For the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And then verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, and significant uh, couple words there, baptized with the Holy Ghost. I'll speak on that tonight a little bit. Uh, Pastor uh, Farrell has already done a good job clar clarifying in his message about the difference in being baptized in water and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. So I, but I will briefly mention it. I, I really believe that Luke wrote it in here. The Holy Spirit guided him for a specific reason, and that is to help us understand there is a difference. There is a difference in that. So we'll, we'll, we'll briefly touch that. And in verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again? Restore again, a significant words, the kingdom of Israel. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know and, the, and uh, the, know the times 
or season which the Father hath put in His own power. Bless your word tonight, dear Father. So let's uh, I go back and I just had I, I was going to in Acts not go back and and reference of what we studied last week as much, although I have cut it down significantly. I just couldn't just go forward without kind of setting the stage again about the, the book of Acts and saying a few things. So I'll, I'll briefly want to talk about a few things. For example, I started last week's uh, uh, teaching uh, about four things that were on my heart, and I shared it with you and challenged you, uh, you if you would do the same. And those four things uh, I, I really want us to do, I, I'm going to personally do it each time I study not only the book of Acts because uh, the whole Bible, when we read the Word. But right now, specifically for this study, number one, open our hearts, which is our spirit, which is our whole, is the spirit, who, who we are, really. So let's open our hearts and our minds to, uh, to understand what this book is trying to tell us, what Luke is trying to tell us through the Holy Spirit. So let's keep our, our hearts and minds open. And I mentioned the word last week about student, being a student of the word. And the best example I, I could come up with when I talked about being a student is it reminded me of taking a test, how we have to really focus in, study, and memorize, and, and read over and over and over again. It's like taking a test, a final exam. And as I mentioned, life is an exam. Every day we're faced with challenges. Everything, every day, we, we, we have to make decisions every day. So the Word of God is what can help us through that. So we need to learn and be students of the Word. And then I, I said, pray and ask God to teach me something. Teach me something new. Open my heart to learn something new. Something that I can share. Number four, help me to share something. And this is... This is really, and the more you study Acts, uh, the, the more this starts to just come into your heart, I believe, because the more I've started studying Acts, the more in my heart, I'm beginning to have this desire more than ever, passion, to share with someone, to, to help someone else. I want to see souls saved. I want to see somebody else blessed. And, I, and that's what I'm, 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 I'm wanting uh, me to be better at. I want to share with someone. So I want to help someone. I want to change their life through Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's the four things that I'd like for us to just passionately keep in our mind as we study these things. I mentioned last week, which I would like to mention again this week, the book of Acts is very special because it takes the old, all the things from the Old Testament and lets us know that, you know, the Old Testament emphasizes the failures of man, the sins of man, how man did not, uh, you know, listen to God when he uh, told them things. He just, and, you, you know, he, they never received his full blessings. He blessed them many times. The parting of the Red Sea came, just jumped in my head. But, you know, he blessed them. He still had his hand upon them, but yet they did not accept him fully to what he wanted them to do. That's the Old Testament. The, the New Testament is that it's 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 all about the newness. It's all about you know Calvary, the death of Calvary, a new covenant, a new way to heaven. A you know the resurrection provided a path for all, and it changed the world. It changed the culture back then. It changed, you know, uh, people's uh, uh, excitement. 
It, changed, it gave them joy. It gave them things that they ne- when 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 crucifixion happened, when Jesus came back. So, and a lot of sense of fulfillment. It changed the environment. It did. When you the more we read in Acts, the more we're gonna hear about the power that the church presented to the world. The power. Uh, we'll learn that the most prominent person is the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to learn. In fact, over 50 times I told you the Holy Spirit is mentioned. So it's, and Luke is concentrating on that. He's, he's, he's teaching us about the uh, receiving the Holy Spirit in detail. We'll get into that. And how it built the church. The book, of, uh, the book of Acts was about the early church, the beginning of the church. And this was the whole main point, and I don't know if I emphasized it enough last week, and it was on my heart to say more about it, is that the early church is the example. It is the book of Acts, and what happened in the early church is what all churches through the centuries uh, did and should be doing, and what we today should be doing. It's it's the model. It it is it the it's exactly how to execute uh, and build God's church. It's what we should be doing. God's church can become a very very powerful entity, a very powerful thing in this in today if we will allow it, if we will accept what Jesus has for us, and the Holy Spirit guiding us, we can be very powerful. And you know, I mentioned, which I really believe, those six or seven things that stuck in my heart. Um, how did they come become very powerful? They prayed. They prayed together. They were students of the Word. They fellowshiped. They truly were outreach. They truly were evangelistic. They truly were discipleships. They did those things, and what did they do? The church became very powerful. They were people that committed, that was committed to what they did. I'm not saying that we don't do that. I'm just saying, I'm telling you what the book of Acts tells us. It's going to tell us more about as we go through it. And as a result, what do the Scriptures tell us in Acts? As I started to conclude last week, that the Lord added daily. The Lord added daily. The book of Acts clearly defines what it takes to grow, how to grow His church, and it's about the Holy Spirit. It's about God's love for us. The book of uh, uh, if, if any, and I mentioned something along these lines, if any church is looking for a way to grow their church, to reach the lost, they need to read the book of Acts. That's, it's the plan. You, you don't need no gimmicks and no great wonderful things. Now, it takes things to attract people, but it takes God to, to also attract people. We've got to make sure the Holy Spirit is guiding us. I did say that the book of Acts, we will find this out, that it ends very abruptly. Uh, but that's the book of Acts, that book, uh, the Acts of the Apostles, not what the Holy Spirit was doing, not God's church. It continued to move, it continued to bless, it continued to grow. And even today, when people gather together in His name and seek Him and, and, and uh, open our hearts and minds to Him, He will bless. When we unite together, God will make us powerful. It's clear the work of the Holy Spirit is still working today and working in this church today. I see it every week. The, the Theopolis was most likely uh, someone in verse 1, as I conclude, 
was a friend, someone that loved the Lord. In fact, his name meant love the Lord, a friend of God, dear to God. And he's someone that I believe Luke trusted uh, that would not only take what he has written, but also would help publish it or distribute it amongst those people in that day. That's the most probable uh, person who the, uh, Theopolis was. So tonight's Bible study, I've titled this The Promise. I've titled, he's still alive. He's walking on this earth. For, uh, for, he's resurrected and walking for about 40 days, the Scripture told us. But uh, let's start with verse 2. Until this day, he was taken up to heaven. Let me explain a little bit what's going on. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. Simply what this is meaning, that Jesus remained for 40 days, and he was still giving instructions. He was still teaching. He was still helping the disciples understand and apostles. And by the way, the, the apostles now in those 40 days, as we'll learn, is getting to be much larger than 11. It, 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 it's becoming a lot of people that is accepting him. The instructions and the teaching was coming from Jesus, but also to help, uh, to help him was the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit not only helped him with the 40 days that he was here, but as soon as he left, we know that the, 40, the Holy Spirit was then still given instructions and still today gives instructions on about his church. It was about, you know, even Jesus himself uh, uh, continued the work through the Holy Spirit is the way I look at it. Um, when I look at the words apostle that is meaning here, I did want to clarify one thing. It means sent ones. In other words, the ones he's sending when he wouldn't use the word. When I think about the word apostle, uh, I think about all born-again born again Christians. That's what I think about when I think about sent ones. That's us. We are the sent ones. Just like they were back then, we are the same today. It is our calling. It is what we're supposed to be uh, do. What is what we're supposed to be do, doing is teaching. We are the sent ones to tell the world, just like they were back then. The Holy Spirit is working and giving instruction in those days and today. That's where we should be getting our instructions is through the Holy Spirit. They're given through the Word, through prayer, and uh, we can open up our hearts and receive. And you know what? I do believe, and I know this for a fact in my heart. The more you study the Word, and the more you open your heart the more things that will be revealed to you, the things you may not be clear on, the things you may be confused on. And that's what Jesus is teaching them, and he's teaching, and Luke is telling us all about it, in that the instructions were still being given about how to build God's church was through the Holy Spirit. Let's go to verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these people and gave many convincing proofs that he was uh, alive. After his sufferings was meaning, you know, his crucifixion. He, he suffered a lot. We talked about all the agony, all the pain, and all the things that Jesus went through. But during, uh, after that, he appeared to them over a period of, as I said, 40 days. And it is, it is apparent to me in this, this uh, verse that the word to whom means here is meaning many people. It's meaning a lot more people than the leaven. Than, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, it, over those 40 days. In fact, we'll learn that uh, some of the disciples talked about how much time um, that uh, Jesus spent in Galilee during those 40 days. He was reaching. In fact, one 
verse in Corinthians uh, 15 and 6 talked about over 500 gathered in one time that he was talking to. So Jesus was talking to many at the time, and he was proving infallible proofs and showing gifts and miracles and all the, the teachings that he was doing. You know, Luke, Luke doesn't mention about Galilee in his writings, and I believe it's because Luke, the Holy uh, Spirit was guiding Luke to uh, focus his attention mostly on the day of Pentecost, on the Holy Spirit. I believe that that was his priority. It wasn't, uh, you know, but Luke did say now that um, th- there was many convincing proofs, as we just read, infallible proofs, proofs that are positive, decisive. Uh, it, it convinced a lot of people. In fact, as, as uh, we will learn, I believe it was somewhere... Uh, 120 or so people that was in that room that were believers. Now, I think I heard you say uh, that it's a, it, it seems that after 500 and this many and this many that it only ended up with 120, but that's, that's kind of the way it is today, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of the way it is today, but, uh, but there was uh, a lot, Jesus was doing everything. And I think about what the example Jesus was setting and what he was also teaching to his, his disciples, that that is what they wanted were to do. It's the same thing that he was doing, is what these, verse was, uh, tell, these verses are telling us, that Jesus was teaching that these apostles, disciples, should go out and be just like, live the life that he lived, and that when the Holy Spirit comes, they will have the same power to go out and do the, uh, all the gifts, the miracles, and all the things that, you know, we should continue teaching and uh, giving understanding to everyone. Infallible here means absolutely definite, uh, convincing. Um, and also, which is important, he spoke about God's kingdom, as the Word tells us. He's telling us about the kingdom that's coming up, about uh, who Jesus, uh, His Son, really is. And then when we go to verse 4 and 5, it says on one occasion, basically, while they were assembled, uh, and, and there's a lot of people believe that maybe they were having dinner uh, together. He was having a supper with them. He gave them a commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my Father promised. A promise of the Holy Spirit. And also in the uh, verse 5, it talks about, For John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now I believe this is very important for us to understand these scriptures here that that first of all I believe uh, Luke is kind of jumping to the end of the 40 days here to end and talking about being wait to, uh, you know telling us that we they should wait and be patient and not leave and go anywhere uh, to pray and wait I, and I think about today how we're so impatient. And that I, I just want to see things happen. And I want to, you know, uh, I, I, I sometimes do things without uh, thinking about it. And I should, I should, I, I've made many mistakes there. And I know that God, you know, is trying to help me understand that we need to wait on Him. So the word wait here to me was a powerful word to me in that, you know, uh, Mac, you need to wait more. Church, Body of church, you need to wait more. I got blessings for you. I got many things for you. You need to wait and be patient 
and be patient and listen. As you, the, the word wait uh, came, uh, uh, talked to me about patience and listening. Listening. You will get the answer if you listen to the Holy Spirit. And when he, John, <clears throat> um, his, um, I think about how this command of waiting relates to us today in, in, in many ways. I, I think about, uh, as I was praying and thinking, I said, Lord, um, if that 120 had ended up being 20, what a less impactful, uh, they, they would have been a lot less impactful. It took the whole 120 to wait. It took the whole body to wait also. Uh, so when I think about us, Sometimes there's only a few that seems like is working. There's only seems like there's a few willing to, to wait. There's only a few that participate in things. There's only a few. And that's why churches are dying today because the whole church is not pulling together. Churches out there are not looking up. They're looking out and looking at the things of the world. And they should need to be looking up to Him. And, and we need to be united together. We need to have patience together. We need to be working together and understanding what God has uh, for us. I do believe God's Word that, you know, uh, even even if it only had been 20, God will have still would have been out blessing people. His church would have still got started. But I think about how even today, how less impactful if you only have a 10 or 20 people or a certain amount of people. I know I was told about uh, my my uh, niece told me um, a year or so ago about a huge church that she's attend, and when they started out, they had about 35 or 45 uh, people in there, and they all seemed to, to work together and do things together, and the church really started growing and started doing wonderful things. And she said, "Here we are, two years later, we have about 12 to 1500 attending on Sunday, and uh, Uncle Mac." We still got the 35 or 45 people still working that we used to have. Well, I could say a lot about that, but the thing that it said on my heart was how important it is and how it's related that all stay together, all work together, all pray together, all do things together, and the number of people can uh, that grows, that same 35, 45 has now got their hands full. Let me tell you, they got their hands full and tried to... Uh, be uh, servants to all of those uh, folks. So it takes everybody to work. And I, the word wait and patience to me, and also it, it meant to me that we all need to be working together. I do believe God's Word. Though if, if I remember back uh, when uh, COVID hit, and uh, I often think about when I was here, and my wife was here, and Joey was here, thank God, and I still continued the Bible study through... Uh, him I still believe and I know that I know God was still blessing and still touching. So I believe when he said, if there's only a few gathered in my name, I'm there also. So I'm not taking anything away from God. I'm just saying it takes all of us to do God's work. And the more there is of us doing it, the more effective we're going to be in doing what God wants us to do. And that's one of the things that captured my heart as I was studying there. It is important that we all participate in God's plan and we all must be patient. I also believe here that Jesus was being specific about the promise uh, of the Holy Spirit uh, when Luke was writing to us here. 
Um, and that is a promise that was given to us in the Old Testament. It's very important, I believe, that Luke write it here. Uh, and um, it's very important that uh, we understand that uh, he's, he's um, that Luke is t- telling us that uh, also I've gotten a little bit behind or ahead. I don't know which it is, but let me jump to the baptism a little bit, and then I'll finish that up. The baptism uh, to us is just like Pastor Farrell explained to us uh, when he was talking about baptism by water. When someone is converted, someone is saved, it is a symbol of that person is now a believer. That's what baptism underwater believes. Uh, it's what we believe today. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I think as Pentecostals, we understand that that is where the power comes from. That is the gift that we get to get the strength to go forward and do His work and will. And, you know, He told us about that in the Old Testament, in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Joel. Uh, many verses tell us about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, you know, Jesus Himself is promising and, and explaining again to us tonight uh, in the scriptures that uh, they will be a Holy Spirit being uh, the Holy Spirit will be poured out amongst us. Uh, it is the feeling that we need to get the strength that we go forward. It's also the guiding light for the church. The church needs a guiding light. If it's in darkness and without Jesus, it's in darkness. You know how you stumble into darkness? We've all stumped our toes. It's kind of the same thing. We need that guiding light. The church needs to move forward in clear direction and that we get that from the Holy Spirit. It's, just, it's what we need. Uh, I, I think about when we get over to chapter 2 where the feeling of the Holy Spirit and what that meant We'll, we'll learn more details about what that really, really means when we get over there. But that's the power that we need, and that's the power he's talking about. In verses 6 and 7, our last couple of verses tonight, when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And in verse 7, he answered and said to them, No, I'm not saying, I'm sorry, he didn't say no. He said, It is not time. And it is not for you to know the time or the dates. You know, as I read several different books and commentaries on this and how different people felt about that that question, it was um, some that felt like, some of the commentaries felt like that they should not have asked that question about um, him uh, establishing his kingdom him on earth, here on earth. But, you know, I, I actually they rebuke them and criticize them in some ways. I, I read, I kept reading, finally I got a little frustrated with it because I didn't believe that. I, I don't believe Jesus got upset with them. I don't, you know, I remember when Jesus did rebuke the, the disciples when they were off track, when they were not understanding and when they weren't doing what he, what he asked them to do. In this case, Asking that their question was a legitimate question in in my mind and in many others. By the way, I read many other ones. That, it's a natural question for them. He didn't correct them or co- rebuke them or call them foolish or or anything like that. The the when you think about their environment and where they were raised, the apostles were brought up and schooled and taught all their life that the Messiah was coming. The Messiah was coming. They'd been waiting for the Messiah. 
They, you know, they were looking for the Messiah. They understood that the Messiah was coming back and established the kingdom. Well, they believed Jesus was the Messiah, and he was. But it was, they didn't have the understanding of the second coming, as we've been taught. They did not have that understanding. So Jesus knew that. And, you know, um, their hope, their prayers, everything was about uh, establishing the kingdom on earth. That's what they've been taught. And, um, and as we've learned in the timeline that we've seen, God is not through with us. He, he will. But their answer was a simple question. And God, I mean, Jesus did not deny it or in any way, in any way. He just explained to them that, uh, you know, that uh, you're not to know at this time. You don't need to know at this time is basically what he's saying uh, at this time. And I, and I think about what that really means to us and what Jesus was saying to them at that time. What I, you know, let me get back a little bit on the question. We often uh, feel uh, intimidated in asking questions. We, awful, awful, we often even criticize each other about asking certain questions. But as we, especially all the older ones in here, to, uh, some of the senior adults, uh, like Pharaoh and Larry, um, <laughs> have learned over the year. You know, you, you've heard you've heard people say there's no such thing as a stupid question in God's house in God's church. There is no such thing as a stupid question. Communications, quite honestly, is one of the hardest things that we do, and it is very difficult to do it very well. I don't know that in my whole life including myself, I've ever met anyone that was what I call excellent or great at communications. And you know why? Because it is the most difficult thing. And I I really think we need to remember that there is no such thing as a foolish or dumb or stupid question. We need to ask questions. We don't do enough communicating and talking and asking questions. We get ourselves caught in situations as a church where we got people upset. We got people that's confused. We got people not only in this church, but many, well, a lot of churches out there because they don't ask questions. They don't communicate. It's very important. And, and what this planted in my heart tonight is to encourage us to ask questions, especially to Pastor Farrell. If there's something you don't know that he's made a decision on or what the deacon board has made a decision or one of the leaders has made a decision, we ought to go to that leader and talk to him. Not talk about him, talk to him. In fact, I don't believe I can find anywhere in my Bible where it's a great thing for you to go be talking about someone before you've talked to them about the issue. Did that make sense what I'm saying? I'm communicating tonight that it is very important. Just like Luke's telling us, you know, uh, what, what Jesus told him to do. Wait. He was very clear. He was very clear. Wait. These kind of things came into my heart that we, we need to be patient. We need to ask questions. We need to be clear. We need to have an understanding. Confu- walking out of here or walking out of any church or walking out of any business confused without the understanding is, 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 it can tear you down. It can upset you. And you know what? Upset you're not going to be effective. You're not going to be any good. I don't even know why I'm getting off on this tonight other than I think we do it too often. I do it too often. I put myself in that shoe. We need to ask questions. God has given us the technology of texting and 
uh, emailing and calling and uh, everything and everywhere in the world you can ask a question we ought, and communicate. We ought to do that, folks. I just That was on my heart when I thought about waiting and being patient uh, because I have seen so many times people get upset because they didn't know, they didn't understand. And all you got to do is clarify it. And you know what? It, it, it works out. We need to make sure we ask. There's no questions. Just like these commentators are trying to say that, uh, criticize these disciples for asking a question that quite honestly they were taught all their life. They were looking for the Messiah. It was not a dumb question. It was a good question to, to ask Jesus. And you know what? Jesus, the way he handled it, I believe, was a good answer. It is not for you to know. And you know what he meant also for that, by that? Is it's in the area of patience. Is, is, you know, we must be ready. It takes patience to be ready. We must be prepared. When, when he says it's not for you to know the time or the date, that means we have to stay ready. We have to stay ready. And to stay ready, we can't let things burden us down. We can't let things confuse us. We must clarify. We must be patient. And we must communicate with each other. And Lord, I don't know why I'm getting off on this, but it's very important. In my, when I got to thinking about waiting, and I got to think about patience, and I do mean it, I'm the world's worst. I'll stand up first and say I'm the world's worst. And I ask God to help me with that. Folks, the way we're going to be effective is to be united together, be have an understanding together, and, and, and speaking to everyone out there in the world today, unity and understanding and clarity and having patience with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and doing the four things that I talked about. First one was what? Open up our heart, open up our spirit and our mind to listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you. Because you know what? I believe the Holy Spirit, if you really seek Him, will say, go see Carolyn and ask Carolyn, or go see Larry and ask Larry, and not ask other folks, because if they didn't make the comment, they have no idea. Thank you, dear Jesus. As, so the answer to me was straightforward about um, um, you don't know the time on the day. It's telling me to be prepared. In everything I do, be prepared. Meaning, be prepared to go home. You know, every day we're faced and confronted with many things that challenge us and confuse us. We need to make sure that we look to God to get clarity. As I conclude tonight, you know, I thank God. I thank God as I conclude tonight that He's still presently given us an opportunity to sit and talk about what we need to do in, in being prepared for, for heaven. I'm glad that he hasn't given me a date and time. I'm not sure what all we'd be doing. I don't think we'd be doing all the right things. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. It'd be all about ourselves. It would. Think about us. I think, but if... So God was very wise in not telling us the date. He's being very wise in saying, stay ready. Stay prepared. Continue on course. Continue doing... Uh, the work that I've given you in my Bible, in my Word. Stay on course. And I thank God has given me an opportunity to have a, it may not be, but the next moment, 
but I'll have that next moment moment to witness to a family, to a friend, to people I love, that Jesus Christ loves them. Isn't that wonderful that he's still giving us a moment? I thank God for all the missionaries, all those that are out there speaking and teaching the word of God to us, and, and, and the Lord just blessing them, and churches are being built all over the world because God is still busy today. The Holy Spirit is still busy today for everyone that wants his uh, presence, that wants, lets them into their heart. Would you stand with me tonight? It's very important in these last days and even maybe last moments that we witness and reach and touch and bless people. We stay ready in doing all those things as a church. As a church, we need to be ready. Would you come forward with me tonight and let's close together? As you can tell, I've got on my heart the focus of, of, of being ready, being prepared, patience and the Holy Spirit is the answer. The Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit being released and given to us as a way to go through Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit tonight. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And as always, bless someone this week. Reach someone. Talk to someone. Pray with someone. Witness to someone this week and thank God for this opportunity to have his Bible study. This is the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.